Hello, my name is Todd Brown, class of 1985, president and CEO of the West Point Association of Graduates. Our mission is to serve West Point and the Long Gray Line with a vision to become the most highly connected alumni body in the world. We're proud to present the WPAOG Broadcast Network, expanding existing connections between graduates with diverse content accessible from anywhere in the world. This communications channel offers an exclusive look at the extraordinary lives of our graduates while keeping you up to date on AOG services, ways to engage, and events at our rockbound Highland home. Our 2030 strategic plan advances our alumni body's remarkable record of service to West Point and to one another. And this broadcast network is one more way to keep us all informed and connected. If you would like to participate in this broadcast network in any capacity, please email us at initiatives at wpaog.org. Thank you for listening as we unlock the power of the Long Gray Line. Welcome back to On Point. In this episode, we will continue our discussion between the Honorable Robert McDonald, the new chairman of the WPAOG Board of Directors, and Todd Brown, the president and CEO of AOG. Bob McDonald graduated West Point in 1975 and is a highly distinguished leader and civil servant. He served as chairman and CEO of the Procter & Gamble Company and as a secretary of Veterans Affairs. In part two of this discussion, Bob and Todd will continue to speak about their shared vision for the future of AOG as it continues its mission to become the most highly connected alumni body in the world for members of the Long Gray Line. They go over the efforts WPAOG is making to coordinate and encourage alumni connections and help provide a clear path for what's ahead. Now, here's your host, Ian Faison. So Todd, I'm, I'm sure you get this question kind of a lot of like, what what does West Point AOG uh, do exactly? Because I think, you know, there's a lot of grads that are a little confused by that. And we've kind of talked through a piece of that already, but there's another piece of this that we haven't talked about yet. So what is it? What does West Point AOG do? I always outline what we do by talking about our mission, right? Serve West Point in the Long Gray Line. We've talked quite a bit about serving the Long Gray Line, but maybe we should talk a little more about service to West Point. And really that is focused on three areas. One is fundraising. The second one, you know, after we fundraise, we manage the endowment, we manage all the gift funds. And finally, the one that people probably know the least about is that we provide uh, all the uh, privately funded buildings to West Point. So many people see the new buildings that are going up that are gift funded. The AOG actually builds those and provides them to the government as completed projects. A lot of people are aware of our fundraising activity, but managing the endowment, you know, the, the endowments doubled in size over the last five years. So really there's been a ton of growth there through the uh, generosity uh, of our uh, graduates. And I would say that those things that we give to West Point enhance the cadet experience and provide a cadet experience that is well above what would otherwise be funded by the government. For example, when I was a cadet, I was an exchange student to the Belgian Military Academy. Uh, A lot of times these study abroad programs are funded by the AOG, 
And I would argue in many ways that, um, you know, you learn to deal with people of other cultures uh, by living abroad. So that's, that's kind of a fundamental program for an Army officer. Yeah, the you know, uh, our fundraising, we usually talk about that. Uh, we call it the margin of excellence programs. And many of our graduates are tracking the, the history there. But prior to, say, 1997, which was the first fundraising campaign for West Point, there were many of these programs didn't exist. What we call the AIADs or the internships that allow cadets to go overseas and to do capstone type projects uh, with industry, those are all funded through the margin of excellence programs. And it, the cadets, when you talk to them, many of them say that those are some of the most important experiences they have as as cadets. So the idea behind the margin of excellence programs, you know, the fundraising is to make the 47 month experience for the cadets the best it can be to produce the best officers for the army. The other key point is to compete with the, all the other tier 1 universities and all those tier 1 universities are raising money to ensure that they have the best, you know, curriculum and facilities and we need to do it to compete. Yeah, I think this is one of those things that I kind of mentioned at the top how you just don't really know who's paying for what when you're going through West Point, right? You're like, I don't know. You know, I, I know that a bunch of the, you know, parents made a bunch of the the brownies and the cookies that I'm eating. But beyond that, I don't know who's paying for a single thing. And I think there's just a lot of confusion there. Yeah, that's true. And, and we have a concerted effort at the AOG now to try to help educate cadets, current cadets, uh, so that they have an understanding of the opportunities that they have that have been funded, you know, with private funds. And one, just because, you know, we want them to appropriately thank the people who make that possible, but also to encourage kind of a culture of philanthropy so that uh, in the future, uh, when they have the ability to give back, they also do that. Bob, do you think that this is something that like, as, as you talk about like the service to West Point and how important what AOG does, that this is something that like a lot of your peers, you know, understood earlier in their careers or were able to, to connect in that way. Cause I I feel like, you know, a lot of times like, you know, my peer group, you know, you're just starting a family, you're like trying to figure out your way in this world. As I kind of mentioned earlier, you're, you know, you're trying to get to, you know, be a director level or something like that, or, or whatever. And you kind of might forget about, you know, why it's important that what West Point does to serve or what AOG does to serve West Point. No, I think you're right, Ian. And you you would not be alone. I mean, all of us, when we were uh, younger, growing up with our families, uh, it leads to a, a somewhat of a myopia. And I don't mean that in a discriminating way, but it means leads to myopia. We didn't realize these things were were available or, or, or were necessary and, and who was doing them. Uh, you know, I think about the West Point Society of Cincinnati, which I've been a member of, and, and the work that they do in the community to train leaders. They use the West Point Leadership Development Program, and they train leaders in, in society in Cincinnati. They train minority leaders. They train uh, leaders who, you know, from impoverished families, my wife and I um, have funded a conference at, at West Point called the Conference for Leaders of Character because 
we believe that the knotty problems of the world aren't going to be solved by any one country alone. It's going to take people from around the world working together. And one way to create that cohort is to bring people together at West Point, certainly talk about the purpose and values, and have the behavioral science department, behavioral science and leadership department do some training and get these young people to work together across boundaries um, on these knotty problems. It's really, I think, the only way we're going to solve some of the problems that, unfortunately, my generation is and generations before me are leaving younger people. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things about these moments that matter is kind of the ebbs and flow of where you are in your personal journey and kind of where AOG can support you versus where you can support AOG. And I think that there's like, putting the information in these kind of moments and understanding that that kind of ebb and flow is really important. Because I think there's just a lot of times where you're just like, I need help, I need support, like I need someone else looking out for me. And there's other times in your career where you're saying like, hey, I'd like to give back, I'd like to, uh, you know, give time, money, effort, resources, whatever that is. And it just it allows for a, a much different kind of, you know, decision matrix. Yeah, I think, you know, really the Giving back doesn't necessarily depend upon age. It also doesn't necessarily need to be entirely monetarily. Uh, you know, I can see where, for example, a lot of the entrepreneurs who are younger can be great resources to the faculty. And I've seen this happen where the faculty may call on them to talk about entrepreneurship uh, within the classroom. Some of the work that some of my classmates are doing around the Systems Engineering Center and the work that's going on to create a systems engineering capability in cyber warfare, it's surprising sometimes who can add the most value. reminds me of my time at Procter & Gamble where we would talk about being a democracy of ideas. It didn't depend how long you'd been with the company or what your title was, but it was how big was your idea. And some of the younger people have the biggest ideas, I think. Todd, is there anything um, in terms of like any projects or things that you've been particularly proud of over the last few years in ways that AOG has been able to, to serve West Point? Well, we, we've talked a little bit about Sallyport, which is the you know, platform for the, both the groups, you know, classes and societies and shared interest groups to manage their membership, communication and event registrations. And then the individual individual aspect of that, which is GradLink. I'm, we're very proud of that because I think it's moved us to a place where we can leverage our technology and automation to provide a service that every grad can take advantage of. A couple of the other things that have been really well-received by graduates are this thing called the Rockbound Highland Home Program. And the whole idea of that was to welcome all graduates as they return to West Point. And one of the negative aspects, you know, that came out of the kind of post 9-11 era is that graduates had less access uh, to West Point, you know, from getting on post to just being able to walk around and hang out. And so we put in place this program that helps you get on post that provides access to all the, you know, the morale, welfare, recreation things at West Point for, for all grads. And then finally has this insider tour. And it's really critical to keeping 
graduates connected that they want to visit West Point and they, when they do visit West Point, they have a good experience. And then we've talked about the, you know, kind of our new and more robust career services program. That's probably the other major uh, thing that I think folks, graduates have embraced and it's doing great work. The, the feedback we get is amazing. And we now have initiatives as part of our 2030 strategic plan to kind of build on all these things and take them to the next level. We talked about the career services program. Well, the next level that's is called uh, transition navigator and it's to go beyond, you know, a placement to look at more comprehensive uh, needs of, of grads, you know, just beyond getting a job, they have other questions, you know, family considerations, uh, you know, what about my spouse's career? My kids, what about the school systems and, and uh, you know, geographic considerations? So that'll be the next step transition navigator. And then when it comes to, you know, encouraging graduates to visit, uh, we have uh, a really big project, I'll say, that's part of the 2030 strategic plan. It's called the Hudson Valley Project. And it's a little bit of a departure from what the AOG has traditionally done. But it's uh, the idea behind it is to try to improve the uh, kind of the vibrancy and the attractiveness of the town of Highlands, Highland Falls outside the gate. And again, it directly supports, the, uh, you know, our mission, to, you know, serves West Point. Uh, part of the uh, superintendent's strategic plan, is, of course, is to recruit cadets and staff and faculty. That's what they call line of effort three in their strategic plan. It directly supports that. And then and it supports the other part of our mission, serving the Long Gray Line, because, you know, our grads want to visit. They want to come back to West Point, and it's important for them to have a, a good experience. And we talked about the moments that matter. It directly supports this moment that matter that's called the homecoming. So the idea behind that is to, you know, help improve the town on the border of the academy. And the linchpin, we can go into a long discussion, but really what as we've studied it, the thing that we think is holding back the town in the biggest way is the uh, school system. And so uh, the first thing we're going to try to do is put in place an after-school program because what's preventing people from wanting to move to Highland Falls is the school system. So if we can improve the school system, that'll make the town much more attractive and ultimately encourage folks to want to live there, especially our 5,000, you know, civilian employees. And so there's a big opportunity for kind of a trickle-down economy from the employees at uh, West Point to help improve the town. You know, I can kind of go on and on, Ian, if you, uh, if you don't stop me. So I'll, I'll pause there uh, if you have any other questions about that. We have a love-hate relationship with social media. We talk about how much it's a waste of time, yet we spend a lot of time using it. RallyPoint offers a military solution for nearly 2 million warfighters, veterans, and our families. The site is a military-grade improved version of various social and professional social media apps for the military, veteran, and family community. It's a unique online space with discussions and Q&A by the military and for the military. RallyPoint lets you professionally network with people outside your chain of command or helps you find a job when you finish your military service. You can also help others by lending your experience, finding the right people who you may want to hire, or just stay connected to people in a culture we all understand. 
When I created my own RallyPoint profile, I was immediately connected with military members, not only across the country, but across the world. Whatever you're looking for, RallyPoint has it, or you can create it. Go to rallypoint.com and join today to give and get more from your military community. Yeah, I love, it's just so amazing. I mean, there's so many things that are kind of in the works. And, you know, I, I mentioned it at, t- at the top of the show that there's just so many cool things going on. And, yeah, and I, think, uh, I think it'd be helpful if Todd talked a little bit about some of the buildings and facilities that we've recently turned over to the academy, like the new writing center, like the new athletic, the Anderson Athletic Facility. These are all going to make a huge difference. And certainly some of the facilities have led to uh, better performance by our athletic teams. Thanks, Bob. You know, when we talked about the service to West Point part of our mission and and uh, the privately funded construction, so the AOG has provided over $300 million worth of construction, of privately funded construction over la- about the last 20 years. A good portion of that has been in support of athletics. And the Princeton Review several years ago listed our athletic facilities as being, you know, one of the tops in the country. And I think that that really was important to our ability to compete. You know, we talked about competing for the best candidates. Well, facilities are really important. And those of us who have been, uh, you know, who have kids who've gone on the college tours, you know, the facilities always matter. And they matter to, you know, the cadets that are intercollegiate athletes and they may matter to all the other cadets. So uh, Bob mentioned a few of the recent ones. Uh, in the, the past uh, year or so, we have finished the uh, St. Equestrian Center, which, you know, supports the cadet club, the equestrian club and the local community. The uh, Anderson Athletic Center supports three teams, uh, sprint football, volleyball and the softball team. And that was uh, an amazing project, uh, a kind of a gut renovation of an 1800s building that we needed to leave the exterior up for historic reasons. But we basically built a whole new building inside of it, kind of a state of the art for those three teams. But uh, we're also working right now on a project to renovate the facility that's used by the, the Glee Club, the Cadet Glee Club and the West Point Band. Those sorts of things just uh, would not happen if they were dependent upon government funding. Those are buildings that we've provided full stop, but we also provide gift funding to some of the government construction projects. The major one right now is called the SEAC, the Cyber Engineering Academic Center, which primarily is government funded, but we're providing margin of excellence funds for options to that building, which include sort of all the a lot of the gee whiz engineering makerspace kind of stuff, if you will, to make it a, uh, you know, sort of a first class facility. That's a, my class's 50th reunion gift is we're currently raising money for the SEAC, uh, which is very exciting. In my class, so I'm uh, 10 years behind. We, our gift is to support the, what's called the MSEC, right? We have a lot of acronyms, which is the Math Science Engineering Center. And uh, so uh, at least our two classes have gotten behind those projects, those uh, brick and mortar type projects. Yeah. I mean, and like what, what goes into that, that, uh, that type of uh, commitment and, uh, and that decision-making, because it seems like there's, you know, 
there's a there's a, a laundry list of things that that need to happen at West Point at any given time, and like how does how does someone choose what to sink their teeth into there? Yeah, well, the the first key point is that the you know the AOG raises money for what the superintendent determines are his needs, the academy's needs, and those needs are aligned with the academy's strategic plan. So once the academy has designated something as a need then the AOG you know, proactively markets it to potential donors, both individuals and classes and corporations and foundations, et cetera. So it's the last two years, the Academy has been going through its process to ter- determine its needs that are part of the current fundraising campaign. Bob mentioned early on that we have started a new campaign which will go for the next seven years, and the, the goal of which is about $600 million. So it's purpose-driven for specific strategic needs of the Academy. We're really fortunate in that um, General Williams, who's an outstanding superintendent, has a great relationship and great respect for Todd and the Association of Graduates. I think every board meeting I've been at where he's been available, he's come and spent time with us. And the the synergy between and alignment between his strategic plan for 2030 and our strategic plan for 2030 is virtually identical. I mean, it's, it's um, some really outstanding work being done. So we're certain that what we're working on is important to him and important to the needs. So many of the facilities at West Point while they have great history, are also old. Uh, for example, when I was a, um, a yearling, we went out to Camp Buckner in the summer. A lot of Camp Buckner was built by German POWs in World War II, and it really needed some work in order to be up to the standard of today's Army. And um, that was identified in the transition work that was done when General Williams came on board. And uh, we've talked a lot about that at, at our board meetings, right, Todd? That, yeah, that's right. The, and the great news, you know, we, you, I talked about that term, the margin of excellence programs. And AOG only raises money for things that go beyond the core requirements of the academy. And so core defined as any... C-O-R-E. Yeah, core, C-O-R-E. Not C-O-R-P. Right. Anything that's required to receive either your you know, degree or your commission are core requirements that the government should fund. And those things beyond the core can be funded with gift funds or the margin of excellence program. And the great news is uh, the experience at West Point has been synergistic. And uh, right now, the government has committed to funding about $2.5 billion dollars worth of facility work at West Point. And, you know, we're just use facilities as the example, but, you know, that's going on with all the programs also, but the facilities are really easy to see and understand. So, um, you know, the, the government has funded about $600 million project to renovate all the barracks, taking down, you know, one a year for renovation. They're getting ready to do a program, a program to, update all the academic buildings over a number of years. That's going to be about a billion dollars. Bob mentioned the renovation of uh, Camp Buckner. Uh, as, as, as the soup says, you know, uh, built by German POWs for German POWs and it still looks the same. 
Finally, uh, you know, they're going to get after that project, which is another major project. We mentioned the SEAC already. A few years ago, the Academy built its first new barracks. And uh, so the total of all these government projects is about $2.5 billion. So the government's pulling its weight. And the great thing is when you add on the private support, that's what allows the Academy to remain competitive and, and produce great you know, leaders for the, for the nation. That's incredible. I did not know about the, uh, about the German, uh, POWs. That's, that's crazy. Some of my, maybe my not, maybe not my favorite memories of West Point or at Buckner. That's I'll say that. Well, remember you, you can come to West Point now on the Rockbound Highland, uh, home program and, and others, and you can use the welfare facilities that exist like, like the lakes, like the ski slope, like the golf course. That's one of the benefits that uh, that the AOG is serving. I love that. I took my wife uh, a few years ago. She'd never been, and uh, and it was a real gray, cloudy day, uh, rainy, cloudy day. And I said, "Babe, this is exactly the type of day that you want. You needed to come on, uh, so you know what what the gray feels like." But we got to go back to the golf course. That's a great. That's a great point. Let her lose some balls in the trees like I did when I was a cadet. It's a narrow golf course. Yeah, it sure is, especially with a slice. It's really great that the Academy's leaders, you know, have agreed to put our graduates in sort of a, you know, special status to allow them to use all those MWR facilities like all the active duty folks. And, um, you know, when they come back, they can they can take advantage of those things, and and, and many do. Uh, so, you know, that's one part of the Rockbound Highland Home Program. Todd, you may want to explain MWR for those who may not know what it is. Right. So MWR, which stands for Morale, Welfare, Recreation, is the the non-appropriated fund uh, entity on all military installations that provides, you know, support for recreation and fun things, you know, like the bowling alley, like the ski slope at West Point, like the outdoor recreation. You know, at West Point, there are many, many lakes and there are opportunities to go to, you know, rent boats and trolling motors and fish and, you know, kayaks and all that sort of thing. But really it's the, it's the recreation opportunities. uh, And those are available to grads at West Point. Sometimes I joke, if you come on Saturday night to the bowling alley and it's uh, disco bowling, which is a lot of fun, you know, with the, disco ball, et cetera, while you're out there. At least my kids really like to do it. But my roommate just was a was teaching at West Point the past few years and got some real lunker bass out of out of Lusk with his little girls. So um I, I know that there's uh there's all sorts of stuff to do that I never I never thought about. But it's like this stuff is fun to fun to talk about because I think there's so much of this stuff that like I mean I didn't know um and uh and I think a lot of folks don't know. Well, if you you may not remember, but there's this place called Round Pond, which is one of these recreation facilities. And, you know, you can camp there. You can rent these little cabins that they have. You can park your RV there and all that's, that uh, is available to graduates now. Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to be in the 50th reunion class to participate in the march back. Uh, right, Todd? Any alumni class can participate. And uh, we had quite a few people marching back this summer. Yeah, that's right. The The academy limits to, to 250 graduates. And as, as Bob mentioned, we fill that up every year. And then we further limited it 
to 50 grads from the 50 year affiliation class just because we don't want to you know bump out all the other grads who want to do it especially those who have children in the in the class you know that's that's a really great experience for a parent to be able to do the march back with their with their son or daughter well before we get out of here um i do want to wrap with with a little bit of uh of the vision of the 2030 plan bob we'll start with you what are you what's next what are you excited about some of your your uh big hairy audacious goals and and whatnot (laughs) I think delivering on the the plan about connections, and as Todd and I have talked, we think we're just scratching the surface in the kinds of initiatives that can grow organically from alumni that better serve alumni. So I'm I'm eager over time to identify what those may be and then nurture them and uh, and support them. Secondly, obviously, is the uh, the fundraising campaign, the $600 million that we're trying to raise for uh, to support the academy program over the next seven years. And by the time we get to 2030 or, or you know, maybe even before, we'll probably have an endowment that'll be uh, over a billion dollars. And um, that's really, really serious stuff. And I should say, for all the graduates listening, that we have a, just a terrific investment committee formed of over a dozen graduates, all of whom are financial professionals. So in their private lives, they're running huge endowments already, like the endowment for the University of Chicago or the endowment for Principia University or the endowment for the Minnesota Teachers Union. And they donate their time to help us run the endowment at West Point, which has done extremely well, extremely well. And then third, I think, is we continue to build a a board which is diverse and uh, and full of talented people. Right now on the board, we've got obviously a diversity of classes, a diversity of gender, a diversity of uh, race. We have have a, a partner at a big accounting firm. We have a former CEO of uh, Michelin Tire. We have just tremendously talented people who have decided to use their talents to help West Point. And I'm, I'm inspired by that, and I want to obviously keep that trend going. Todd, what about you? Well, you know, Bob covered uh, a good part of what my primary goal and vision, goals and vision would be. I'll just comment a little further on the aspect of keeping people connected. And all these programs, I mean, it's not just to keep people connected for the sake of being connected. Um, if we are successful at keeping them connected, then this uh, grad network is really helpful to its fellow graduates. I mean, that's really, that's really the essence of what we're trying to do. You know, make it so that the the network uh, serves its fellow members and the academy. In the final analysis, that's really what we're all about. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier: keeping people connected and providing service. That's what the AOG is all about. Okay, Bob, any final thoughts before we roll? Well, I thought Todd just said it so well. I just want to thank Todd for his leadership because the progress we've made over the last few years in the AOG under Todd's leadership has been fantastic. I'd also like to thank the board members for their contributions and, of course, the academy leadership led by General Williams. 
it's just so important that West Point continue to be the beacon of, of what's right uh, in our country and that we continue to develop the leaders of character that our nation needs, uh, whether it's in uniform or out of uniform. And I'm totally committed to that. I know Todd is. I know our other directors are. And, and that's really what's important to me. Wonderful. Todd, Bob, thank you so much for joining. Uh, we really appreciate it. It's been an awesome conversation. And obviously, uh, everybody go go to westpointaog.org to learn more about uh, all the goings on. Ian, big thanks to you and Caspian for hosting us today. Absolutely. Of course. Anytime. On Point is a production of the WPAOG Broadcast Network. Please take a moment to rate and review the show and join us each week for a new episode. Thank you for listening.